Tell you what. As you start this day, and you're like, if you got the blues or you don't feel great, tell you what, there's like, hey, at least you're doing better than Alec Baldwin. This guy. This is a, what a fucking terrible story. Holy shit. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk about that in just a bit. Gee. Wow. Hey, everyone. Kenny from Nashville here. And after a long day of listening to some crappy death metal, I like to unwind with the Eric Zane Show podcast. Yeah. Welcome in. Thank you so much. This is a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures each and every day of the work week. And it is the last day of the work week. It uh, fr- uh, happens, of course, in the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio, where uh, we do this show where we have for nearly three years. Okay. Um, wow. What a freaking nutty day yesterday was as I had to get the Patreon done before the regular podcast. I did the regular podcast. And then, uh, you know, a scrambling to get everything done. It, uh, it was exactly as I uh, planned. That was uh, uh, nutty. Absolutely nutty. Then, okay, I headed out and I had to do limo work. So uh, I had to pick up uh, my passengers. And then I find out while reading the notes for the job that it is a secret trip. You have several uh, family members, brothers, sisters, and things like that. Um, all related, you, you pick them up like nine, eight, nine, ten people. And, uh, they have a mystery trip, like, uh, the Beatles magical mystery tour going on. And I have to drive them around, but I have to get them to the mystery destination at 2 PM. There's only one person there who knows where they're going. And what they're doing is I'm dropping them off at the airport And then they're flying away somewhere, but no one has any idea. And I'm like, well, this is remarkable. And and then I'm thinking uh, while I'm driving, I'm doing the logistics in my head. Well, they all need like tickets to fly. How are they not aware? How do you get tickets? I mean, don't you need like a person's ID or something like that? Or I, I, I'm not really sure how it all went. All I know is that I was told, do not indicate that you're going anywhere just because they don't know. One, one person knows and he meets me outside and he goes, Hey, so you, you, uh, know the plan, right? I go, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I got it. And then, uh, as I'm talking to that guy, another dude comes out, he goes, Eric Zane. Oh my God. Yes. And he's like the happiest Joe, most jovial dude in the world. And he goes, Oh my God, I used to listen to you on the radio. And I, I always respond the, the same way. Every time I go, yep, I do this now. And I say it like that, like, yeah, you know, this is, uh, I, I used to uh, be like, yeah, I, I kind of got to do this now because you know I, uh, you know I don't I don't do radio anymore and I gotta I gotta make ends meet. No, no, I, I I'm like, no, this is what I do. This is great. I was born to do this job. I I have to be the guy to do this job because look at you know you got you don't want some guy who's uh, uh, skulking around uh, not uh, not pressing flesh. You gotta you gotta show these people a great time. 
So uh, that's the attitude that I take when it comes to uh, limo driving. So then, uh, and then another guy comes out and he goes, oh my God, my, my son dated your daughter. And I'm like, what, huh? Dude number two. And I go, what? Uh, well, okay. That's gotta be Maddie because she's only, Jackie's only had two boyfriends and I, I know Ernie's dad. He lives in Honduras and I, and that's it. Uh, that's all. That's the only, th- unless there's something I don't know. Stand by. I got to drink this coffee. And he goes, no, uh, Maddie, uh, there was some dude and, uh, God. And, uh, he starts describing, he says the kid's name and I go, Oh yeah. The athlete. And he goes, Nope. I go, ah. I, I don't know. There's been so many, uh, Madison has been swinging a miss in the boy department. And she knows that for quite some time, um, I'd call her, but she's probably in bed right now. Oh, what the hell? That's what I love about the podcast. I just, on a whim, do stuff when I feel like it, which um, kind of, in my opinion, is the difference between this show and anything else that I've ever done, which I need to discuss that uh, more at length with you. You may not know it, but right now, uh, I am extremely pissed off. I am so enraged. And uh, you'll find out why momentarily. Princess of the Forest Madison, who frankly doesn't make a ton of appearances here on the show. She's going to think that like something terrible has happened uh, because I'm calling this early. She's like a panic monger. So then if she doesn't pick up, which she probably won't. I'll have to text her and say, no big deal. Your call has been forwarded to uh, an automatic. Shit. Sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's, it's worth it. Sometimes it uh, doesn't work out. Not an emergency period. Just had to tell you something on the podcast. Dot, dot, dot. I met someone that you knew while limo driving period. No worries. Yeah. She's like a little worry wart. I don't want to, I don't want to freak her out, you know? So I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, uh, and he goes, yeah, I'm the guy who owns the fence company. He, this dude owns a company called straight line fence. And I go, oh yeah, your son is kind of like working for you. He goes, yeah, yeah. He's really outgoing. I go, yeah, yeah. A uh, blonde hair. And he goes, no, I go, ah, fuck. I, go, I don't remember. I don't know why I'm trying. Uh, so, uh, that was. Sitting there, I meet all these people, and then I start driving. Now, I got to get them to the airport, the international airport. I don't know where they're going, but I'm not supposed to reveal. And I, I start driving the opposite way. I drive all the way out to Lake Michigan. And they're like, well, maybe we're going to the train station. Uh, maybe we're doing this. Maybe we're doing that. And then, uh, sure enough, they're drinking. And they're uh, these are all people my age. So uh, they're, they're, I guess they're playing a song for uh, for every type of drink that they're having because they kept playing that song uh, ba, 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 da, ba, 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 uh, what's his name? What's, uh, the bald guy's name? Moby? Uh, the guy who sings the, um, it's worldwide to infinity. <laughs> you know, the roof on fire. <laughs> We're going to boogie, 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 and dance. Uh, and let the roof on fire. <laughs> We're going to take drinks till we fall down and let the roof on fire. 
Baby shake a booty, baby take a volume, let the roof on fire. Who is that? Moby? Prince? Who the fuck? What? Hold on. Pitbull! <laughs> We're gonna take drinks to be let the roof on fire. Uh, yeah. So every time they play that song, everybody, get, you know how Fireball packages those little uh, bottles of, uh, like, it's like, uh, I guess that would be a heavy shot or something like that. And uh, as soon as you hear the music, the guy plays the music, everybody's just, they just start, they got like a tons of these little bottles of booze. So, uh, we're driving around and then every like 10 minutes you hear Oh my God. And they, they crack it open. Glug, 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 glug. By the way, uh, me doing the motion of glug, 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 glug is going to result in a meme that Pellerita will make, uh, uh, implying that I have a crank in front of my face. Jerk. So, you know, we keep hearing the song. More shots go. We're going to take drinks till we fall down and light the roof on fire. And then uh, I start making my way. Then they, I got to pee. Oh, my God, Eric said, we got to pee. Yeah, 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 no problem. Uh, so then I do that. And then we're actually we're pulling in uh, and, and guy who owns a fence company. He starts busting his wife or something like that. He's like, yeah, so-and-so, you got to take a poop. Yeah, you got to poop. I know you like to poop. And I actually, I go, I go, shut up. You're embarrassing her. So then uh, we pulled over. And um, they go. Off we go to the airport. Drop them off. Awesome. Good to go. Um, no major surprises in that. It was just a fun group of people. And, uh, I enjoyed that. Then it was off to Horizon Hydroponics. Had to do Growers 101 with John from Horizon Hydroponics. Always cool. I found out that there is a, see, I don't know anything about, um, about growing marijuana. Okay. Nothing. And, but what I learn, I learn, well, I take it back. What I know, I know from John from Horizon Hydroponics. I found out that um, this time of the year is when the harvest, all the pot that you drew, uh, grew in your backyard, um, you know, you've, you've clipped it, you've harvested it, and, uh, and it's, it's dried out, okay? You can take the uh, uh, dried out material, and when you want, because uh, if you do it by hand, you have to pull whatever the uh, uh, portions of the plant that you're going to smoke off by hand, you know, and uh, then throw out the garbage. You can put um, all of that into a bag, a clippings bag, and then you just shake it and it does it. It does it for you. I'm like, what? Well, that is the coolest thing in the world. You potheads have figured everything out. By the way, Jason Schaefer now, the clubhouse leader, with two 
horrible jokes about the death of the uh, cinematographer on the set of the new Alec Baldwin movie as it was being made. Um, or maybe it was, no, 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 I take it back. He had a horrible joke. Okay, he has one horrible joke about that. And then he has a horrible joke that he sent about the girl who choked on the hot dog and died, which I'm going to get to a little later. I just stole my own thunder, but uh, uh, yeah. So, and it also looks like in the comments, everybody is jumping on the story. Uh, Why don't y'all just sit back and relax and let Eric tell some stories and have some fun. And then I'll get to that a little later on. You guys are all jumping ahead. I, I, uh, that's fine, I guess. But uh, at the same time, I am going to cover that. So relax. The fuck is wrong with you people? Are we doing the here be rabbit show? No. Well, then shut up. Are we doing the Jason Schaefer show? No. Well, then shut the fuck up. Oh, it's got to be the uh, uh, Tony B show. No, 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 it's not. So shut up and relax and let me do my thing. Let me clear my throat. Amanda says, ban them. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Okay. You guys, you see, when I'm sitting here doing this, And I'm like, okay, I got a uh, laundry list of things that I want to get into. I've got uh, two hours where I have to uh, do my thing. And I just, uh, I love it so very much. And then you guys are like, oh, no, no, wait a minute. Hold on. No, we got to talk about Brian Laundrie. I don't know. No, wait a minute. I don't know. We're going to talk about uh, somebody got shot in the center of the Alec Baldwin show. Oh, my, the movie. Oh, my God. Somebody choked on a hot dog. Holy shit. If we do it your way, the show will last five minutes. And it'll suck tons of dick. Um, So shut up. Just shut up, say hi to each other, relax, and that's it. That's all that your only job is to shut the fuck up. But for some reason, we're not. We're a bunch of chatty individuals. I want to talk to you. You're not being a good audience. When I'm sitting here trying to do my thing and you're sitting there wrecking the show. Shut up. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because um, I may have uh, destroyed a relationship and I don't feel the least bit bad about it. Because of uh, something that happened. 15 minutes uh, before the show started today. And I'm still really pissed off about it. I'm not pissed off at all of you enjoying the show. I'm pissed off at one. And I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. I think so. Just know that uh, this show is going to be doing a test show on Twitch. I'm easing my way into Twitch. So Monday, when I get done with this show, I'm not waiting. I'm ending the show and immediately, like within one minute, going live on Twitch for the Twitch test show. Because it's a new platform, and I want to be kind of like up to speed on it as to how it works. There's a couple different clicks here and burps here that you have to do in order to make that a thing. So um, I want you to take part in that. So what you need to do is go to twitch.com 
slash Eric Zane Live or twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live and just follow the page. Okay? So we'll finish up here on a normal live stream day on Monday and then immediately going over to Twitch. So follow that. It's not like it's going to be anything really groundbreaking on there. It, it is uh, the essentially why I'm doing it is to get myself used to the platform, but we'll be chit-chatting and things like that. Uh, I, one of the things I'm most excited about that is um, the ability to have multiple cameras. Now, one camera on me is, is really all I need, but I can, I swear to God, I can do this. I can uh, put up cameras anywhere in the house anywhere in the house and have them running when the show starts. And, uh, I can have the dog cam. The dog cam is what I'm most excited about. I could just have one in here, uh, set up, ready to go, uh, trained on them. So I can do multiple camera angles. There's uh, a number of other, uh, uh, fun little features on Twitch that allow for growth of the show. Um, I've had questions already about, Hey, well, uh, you talked about how, if I have my Amazon prime, I can be, uh, I can get it all. I can get my, uh, Amazon prime hooked up to it and then get it ad free. Yes, you can. But we're going to uh, wait a little bit on that a uh, several days because I have to build up my audience to what's known as affiliate status. Okay. And that will be a very quick process. Uh, within a week I'll have affiliate status and then I'll be encouraging you to sign up with your Amazon prime account. You're like, that already sounds very confusing, Eric. I know, I know. Well, I'll spell it out to you uh, when it is time. But for now, all you'll need to do on Monday is click over on the app uh, as soon as I get done with the free podcast on Monday. Okay, for some of you, this won't mean shit. But it's worth, it's on my brain. And basically, that's all I've done for the past three years is tell you what's on my brain. But uh, for the first time, for the first time in a long time, I was ready to go with my bowl of popcorn and uh, my water bottle in front of the TV for yesterday's Red Wings game. And that hasn't happened in forever. I was like excited about it. Uh, they opened up the first four games of the year at home. And uh, the game against Columbus that they kicked their ass that was the first time since 2019 that they had been favored in a game. That's how bad my Red Wings have been. Been very patient. Uh, started out the year two wins, zero losses, one overtime loss. Five out of six points. Yesterday, they sucked tons of dick. They got hammered by Calgary. That's embarrassing. You, you didn't even get a goal. Uh, so that sucked. That's all I have to say about that. There's nothing more to say about that. However, I do, uh, this has bothered me now for, this will be the fourth time I've uh, been, uh, I've been, Manon Rayom is the in-studio host with John Keating and Chris Osgood. And boy, talk about an uncomfortable um, setting. Manon Rayom is a former goalie lady. Historic because the Tampa Bay Lightning um, made her their goalie. It was very gimmicky. Um, they were trying to get some asses in the seats, and she played in a preseason game, I think. I don't know if she played in a regular season game, but she was, uh, you know, 
it was it was one of those things. And uh, she did play in the NHL for a very, very short amount of time and then kind of went, went bounce around from minor league team to minor league team. Uh, she has a couple of family members that play uh, uh, hockey too. I think her brother Pascal Riom played for the Devils, but uh, that's it. That's the story on Manon Riom until now. I guess she set up shop and had a home in Detroit and she made enough friends. The Red Wings or uh, Bally Sports, used to be Fox Sports, has decided to make her an in-studio analyst. And, oh boy. Okay. I would have no problem with this if two things. A, she was comfortable. And B, she did not speak English as the second language. Because, oh my God. They, they've got her. John Keating and Chris Osgood are both very uh, natural in their roles. Rayom is seems like a um, high school student at a uh, at a local TV station, and honestly, the high school student probably has more experience because Rayom gets there and she's got the microphone in her hand, and and uh, John Keating is talking, and he's uh, you know okay uh, after one period of play, Red Wings down uh, a two nothing, uh, Ozzy not the start that we wanted. Oh, yeah, that's that's right, uh, uh, John. You know, I mean, my gosh, uh, kind of laying an egg here. Uh, we're open for uh, to shore up the defense, maybe get the uh, puck out of the zone quicker. And uh, I don't know, uh, special teams are a problem. PK also struggling, and uh, power play uh, continues to be a problem. Manon? That's right. Oh, yes. And she's looking around left and right, and she's kind of trying to complete a sentence, and it sucks. Oh, my God. It's so bad. And I'm like, okay, game one, that was terrible. Game two, that sucked too. Game three, it's getting worse. Game four, okay. No. I don't know how long this is going to last. What the hell happened to Larry Murphy? I love Larry Murphy. So I'm not sure what is going on there. Uh, Tyler says, yeah, there's definitely an awkward feeling when she speaks. Um, So, yeah, I don't, um, I'm a little bit, it, it's the darting eyes that fry my brain every time. All right. Tony B, who are you and why do you keep doing your own show? He keeps dropping all these, uh, I don't know what the hell. I don't even want to say what they are. Things that may be true might not be true. So, you know, again, sit back and enjoy Here's your 300 second timeout. You can come back if you shut up. Tony P. Are you new? All right. Well, anyway. Alec Baldwin is uh is is really having a terrible time. What a rough uh a rough day it was yesterday. I was laying in bed and I saw that on the set of uh, the film Rust, two people had been shot last night when the story broke. It did not indicate much more than that other than uh, one person was dead 
and another person injured. Details are sketchy at this point, but what I do know is that on the set of this film being made at uh, looks like a ranch in New Mexico, a Western film being shot, uh, that uh, this film entitled Rust, starring Alec Baldwin, uh, there was a moment when Baldwin himself discharged the prop firearm and the next thing you know, 42-year-old uh, Halna Hutchins, hey, Helena Hutchins, pardon me, is, uh, is injured and she died. She's the film's cinema, uh, cinematographer. The director is a guy named Joel Souza. I have conflicting information. Uh, one saying that he was shot and then went to the hospital and then released. Another one said gravely injured. Right away, we're all thinking, well, how does this, how does this happen? That's, that's the first question. How does this happen? A prop gun. Uh, I was watching a story this morning that uh, immediately some of you will remember that in the early 90s, Bruce Lee's son, Brandon, was killed this exact way in the filming of the movie The Crow. 28 years old, uh, and something flew out of the gun and killed the guy. All right. So I'm not uh, entirely sure what's going on here. I do know this, that on the set of a film, uh, live ammunition is pretty much contraband. It cannot even be on the set because they don't want something to somehow wind up in a gun. Now, um, you need to know that this this is not a um, fake gun. This is an actual weapon with uh, cartridges that do not have a projectile. And at the end of them, they're all pinched off. And about the last thing that can fly out of the cartridge is what's known as the wad. You got the primer that's then going to hit the propellant or gunpowder which would then hit the wad, which then on a normal cartridge would hit the projectile and then boom, that's it. This gives you smoke. This gives you fire, does not give you death. So uh, according to this article from Yahoo, uh, how in the world could someone be killed? They also, in this article, say that the details of this are uh, far from complete and the cops are investigating. But all we know is this. I saw these horrible pictures of Alec Baldwin on the phone talking to somebody crying because he just killed somebody. As of this morning, this morning is when I found out that Baldwin was the one actually shooting the gun. I was like, wow, this just got even more crazy. So, um, and I don't know if he pulled the trigger twice or one uh, supposedly a blank cartridge did all of this damage, killed the cinematographer and injured the fucking director. What? 
So this is all very, very weird. And the Dirk in me is, you see, this is why I don't want you, Dirk, to try. This is what happens. I blame you. All of these, uh, uh, all your crazy shit that you send me, you've got me in kind of like a mindset of conspiracy. And it's all your fault, okay? It, well, pretty much everything in the world is your fault to begin with. But this is all your fault. I would not be thinking like this if you didn't send me all this crazy shit that you send me. But it's so it's all your fault. Um, right away, I'm like, okay, this has something to do with Trump, someone who is not happy with his uh, blue state activities and his anti-Trump shit. So someone actually put a real live bit of ammunition in there so that Alec Baldwin would kill somebody. That's how my brain is working right now. And I blame you. So thanks. Thanks for that. I'm the only one who's thought that I haven't seen anybody suggest that, but that's where my brain went. That doesn't mean it's true. It's not true. It's not true at all. That's what I need to convince myself. If I'm thinking like Dirk, it's not true. Dirk tried sending me something yesterday about, oh God, I don't know. It was like, oh yeah, hey man, I got this. Uh, this is a screenshot from OSHA that a friend of mine uh, uh, snapped a picture of his screen and then sent it to me in a PDF that was then encrypted on the dark web. And then it went through uh, 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 a couple of filters and then I downloaded it. Uh, and then I'm sending it to you. You have to look at it in a mirror and it'll show you that we can't trust the government. I'm like, what, 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 why are you sending me that? Well, yeah, you idiot. It's just from OSHA. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to look at it. If this is nutty COVID shit and it comes from you, if it says sender Dirk, it's, it's, you know, what? I can't take this seriously. Son of a bitch. Uh, According to this article, it says it's important to understand uh, that uh, what a prop gun means in context. We've already talked about that. Uh, But they said uh, people tend to assume it refers to non-functional weapons of the sort used in theatrical performances or toy guns that fire caps to produce smoke. And while that's true, uh, the term also applies to real guns that are used as props. According to people that make films, they say you have to use an actual real gun. The weight of it, uh, how it's held, uh, all uh, adds to realism. So they do use real guns. But uh, according to this, it talks about how the um, how the blank cartridge works with no bullet in it. Uh, the end would be crimped. It has everything except for the projectile. Theatrically and theoretically, when you pull the trigger, you'll hear the bang. You'll get the recoil. You'll get the muzzle flash. The ejected shell will fly out with no projectile. However, it can still kill you. Why would you? I don't get it. 
I mean, if it can still kill you, uh, Hollywood also uses shields in front of people that are about to have, because you're still getting a gun pointed at you. So in order to the, uh, say they actually have on the sets of films, and this is a, uh, an expensive movie. Um, you would actually have all of the things that they use, um, firearms wise in an actual armory. And you have a person, a professional who knows everything there is to know about weaponry who is in charge of, okay, for this scene, all right, you have to, like, check out the gun. It isn't just a bunch of guns laying around and some guys just stuffing blank ammunition in there. It's all under lock and key, and it's very regulated because you don't want anything like this happening, like what happened to Brandon Lee. Yet here we are. So despite all of that, there's still one dead, one injured, Alec Baldwin crying, and uh, Jason Schaefer making bad jokes. Uh, this article says the, but remember, we mentioned the muzzle flash and the superheated gas that is still very much being expelled from the gun and bullet or no bullet. That means anything near the end of that barrel is in danger. In fact, there's a surprisingly realistic example from the film El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie with, uh, uh, what's the guy's name who played Jesse Pinkman? Um, God, isn't that crazy? I love that guy so much. Paul Michael Glazer, J. Jan Michael Vincent, Eddie Pinkman. Who is that guy? He was also like in the fast. Wasn't he in like some race car movie or something too? And we're, we're never going to see him again until he gets like reconstructive surgery on his face so that he doesn't look like Jesse Pinkman. All right, Tyler B., your band. Aaron Paul. All right. So while that is all happening, um, when the gun is fired, in fact, in that scene, uh, uh, Jesse's uh, uh, fired a gun from inside his coat pocket and it caused his coat to catch on fire. Actually really happened. Uh, this says just that alone would be, would do serious damage to someone if they were close enough to the barrel, but there's also the wadding used to hold the gunpowder in place instead of the bullet that gets expelled when you pull the trigger. And while it's just paper or wax, if you're close enough, it can do serious damage. Such as what happened in the death of actor, John Eric Hexum uh, in 1984, this dummy got bored during a long delay in filming. And as a joke, he loaded the revolver with a blank spun the cylinder as if playing Russian roulette, put it to his head, unaware that this was extremely dangerous. The blanks wad impacted his head. It wasn't strong enough to penetrate his body, but the impact fractured his skull and sent bone fragments into his brain. He died six days later. My God. And then it says tragedy can also strike if the prop gun is improperly loaded, which is what happened to Brandon Lee. And then that one, a cartridge with a projectile tip had unknowingly become stuck. Boy, that is weird. There was a lot of uh, Dirk theories involved in that one too. Um, and then when a blank round was loaded and fired, it pushed the live round out, fatally wounding him. He died. I can't picture this. How can this be? It sounds like such a horribly negligent thing to do. 
As for the questions of criminal responsibility, that's for law enforcement to, uh, up to investigate. Um, we shall see, but my God, this is screwed up. Terrible. Uh, yeah, again, I woke up this morning. It's like, I have no, I had no idea that Alec Baldwin was involved. Holy crap. Meanwhile, um, Brian Laundrie, that, uh, I mean, it was kind of like the news that we kind of already knew, uh, the, the remains that were found at that, uh, uh, nature reserve or whatever, um, were in fact, Brian Laundrie. What's next? Uh, Kenny was right yesterday when he said that that area he had heard was uh, underwater for a lot of time. And so this guy's remains were under there. And so his, what was there was an absolute mess. They used uh, dental records to find out who the guy was. Um, the attorney who I don't trust this guy, Steve Bertolino, the attorney for the laundry family uh, said, um, Chris and Roberta, the mom and dad were informed that the remains found yesterday in the reserve are indeed Brian's. We have no further comment at this time. And we ask that you respect the laundry's privacy at this time. They're talking about the notebook. The fact that the family, yeah, okay, it's open for anybody. And the, the family walks in there right away, goes to the spot, and finds this freaking notebook. The aunt of Gabby Petito remains skeptical, as a lot of people do. I think this, it's, it just seems to me like this family, the mom and dad, they've been so quiet about it. Very strange. The aunt says, uh, as yesterday came about, it really pissed me off. I'm just floored by all of a sudden within 24 hours after the public is allowed back into the park that they find stuff. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. A lot of people don't. With Laundry dead, we may never know what happened out in Utah and Wyoming and Wyoming between Petito and Laundry once engaged to be married or what could have been uh, what could have led to the murder of her. So that's that. We shall see. Yeah, I think that the mom and dad... I think they need to take a good hard look at them. So many questions. The, just the fact that they never spoke. They never said a word to anybody. All right. Let's get to um, this. First of all, let me say, tell you, t- tell you how this goes in my brain. Uh, from time to time uh, on this show, you will get moments where I'm like, well, let's just try this. Let's just do something different. And that to me is one of the fun things um, that happen on this show. And sometimes it hits, sometimes it misses. Perfect example would be if I place a phone call to, let's say, Madison, and it goes to voicemail or some business owner or somebody in the news. That's my thinking. I like to kind of do it that way just because it's, it's fun and different and it's a podcast and pretty much can do whatever the hell I want. So that's good. And I, I hope that um, that uh, is not lost on you. Uh, that's something that I probably wouldn't attempt uh, nearly as much with, uh, nor would I have the flexibility if I was doing a radio show. And you know me, I let it fly. I try to be as honest as possible. So um, yesterday, I thought it was great fun to do something different with an interview that wasn't very well received with the world famous Carter Cardiff electric, uh, the most popular podcast on the internet today. And most people did not like it. And I, uh, was, Oh my God, we had serious blowback 
everybody was bitching about it. And I was like, oh, shut up, shut up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's a legend. Come on. And that was the gag. It was just a joke. And um, most of you were saying terrible things, which is totally cool. I don't mind that. Um, I was beating you up about it. It was all a troll. The whole thing was. And I, I did that simply because sounds like something fun to do and it's different and whatever. Let's just try it. So um, would I do it again? Well, I don't know. I mean, prior to uh, today, I would probably do it just to be a dumbass and to drive you guys crazy from time to time. Uh, because everybody, if I can pull something out of you as an audience, whether it be, oh my God, he's making me feel so warm and fuzzy. Oh my God, I'm going to kick his ass. That's one thing. And I got that. So in my opinion, the bit was a success. Now I will honestly tell you that I got two bits of positive, uh, reaction. Uh, Cole in Colorado Springs thought it was hilarious and, uh, Patriot Nick, Thought it was hilarious. And um, that's it. That's where it ends. Everybody else hated it. They didn't get it. And it laid flat. So in my opinion, successful bit. Because people were talking about it. If it ended there, it would probably just fade. But then you get this. Um, Occasionally, Bleeding Heart Brian gets so wound up and worked up and he thinks that he's some kind of like personal pipeline to me. And he thinks that he has some, uh, he's the kind of guy who come up and no matter what is going on, uh, what could possibly result from it, he's going to let you know. And what he's failing to understand is, you know, you're as bad as everybody else that I make fun of when they get serious with me and let me know what's on their mind in all seriousness. And you see, that's taking what I do, which is just screwing around here every single day and trying to have some fun, which is what I was doing yesterday, and you make it more real. So with that being said, let me read to you how serious this fucking guy got. Even the people that didn't like this bit had fun with it. Dirk was posting memes about it, uh, making fun of me on Zaniacs United. Uh, I was having fun at audience members' expense and saying Cardiff Electric was brought to you today today by TC Paintball. And Rick writes, no, it wasn't. I fucking hated that bit. That's all good. I don't have a problem with any of that. None. This is what I have a problem with. Brian wrote this. Subject line, don't be a pussy, you say. Eric, this is going to be some harsh but needed criticism. You had a segment that flopped with Cardiff Electric. I skipped ahead to get through it. At the end of the show, you called the audience butthurt. It was terrible. If your show relied upon that kind of content I wouldn't listen you call out Freeburn Hot Wings for being lazy with their content yet many days you seemingly rely on the comment section of your live stream for content you make fun of people like Obi Opie for bantering and ridiculing the audience yet you have full conversations with audience members in the live stream 
and tell them to eat 300 seconds. If you must rely on the conversation in the live stream for content, how is that not being lazy? How is what you do with telling audience members off and making them eat 300 any different than Opie? You were at one point able to go entire shows without interacting with audience. And it made it entertaining, listenable, and enjoyable. As someone who rarely gets the show live, it's hard to listen when you have to listen to those conversations taking place live. And it almost feels to me as though if I can't listen live and be part of it, well, I shouldn't listen at all. It's more of a live conversation that I or those that listen later, we cannot take part in. There used to be coverage of multiple stories on various topics with hilarious yet thought out viewpoints. <laughs> now we get one story from the news from Brady Bunch happenings in the household and a pothead who is not interesting. It's all time fillers because apparently you can't find or don't want to drum up something to talk about. I hope this helps understand why others might be approaching other audience members. I don't know what you mean by that. Thanks, Brian. So I wrote back. First of all, what do y'all think about that? The Duchess writes, slapping Brian. Snap out of it. Dirk writes, bleeding heart Karen. Good Lord. Yeah, Dirk, just so you know, you will never be the biggest pain in the ass on the show. Never, ever. It's impossible. I may bust your balls, but I love you a million times more than him. You will never, ever, for all of the abuse you receive, will you be as bad as him. Kenny, all the times that I have gotten pissed at you, never, ever could it as be as bad as Brian. Aram says he doesn't like the show, I guess. The Duchess says ass. Trevor says, my goodness gracious. Kenny says, was this the 15 minutes prior to today's show reference? Was it Brian? Absolutely it was. And I'll tell you what I wrote in a second. Adam says, it took me almost six months to get over being mad at Stu for telling you not to talk to the audience. Fuck you, Brian. Tyler says, when he reads these kinds of emails in the somber voice, it really cracks me up. And then Cole in Colorado Springs says, hell, I listened to the Cardiff bit more than once. It was great. The dust, the uh, Duchess adds, thank goodness for bleeding heart. Brian's reality check emails. What a putz. Dirk says regarding Cardiff, you became the nickelback of podcasts. 
And then the Duchess says Patriot Nick was in on the Cardiff prank. You don't know if that was Nick or not, do you? We don't know that. Derek says, I saw right through the ruse. You were grinning while asking leading questions. It was just bad. This is what I wrote to Brian. Well, no offense, but I do this show because it's fun and it's all I have. I enjoy now interacting when the comments are fun or something I can play off of. Like the ones I just read that were ripping you a new asshole. You see, that adds to the context. They're weighing in on something that is the subject. In this case, you and how much of an asshole you are. I add, those moments are different than what you are describing. Not exactly the same. I have the ability to discern what I want to voice and such. As for your opinions, they're just that. I could take it or leave it. Your opinion matters the same as an opinion that likes certain content that you don't like. Some people liked it. A lot of people didn't. That's it. No big deal. I wanted to try something different. It was the one time I did it with an untested bit of content. Some would argue that makes me different. In a nutshell, I do what I want on my show because I find it fun. Don't like it? Nothing I can do about that. I don't do this simply to kiss individual people's ass. So if you're hell-bent on putting me in my place, there's the door. Congrats. You've pissed me off, and I'll be happy to read your overly sensitive bullshit. Enjoy the day. But fuck off. And that's all I have to say about that. All right. I would say every single one of you get it. Trevor says Eric reading the chat is like when radio shows read incoming text messages. Thank you, Trevor. And Kevin says he needs to get over himself. Melissa says, go fuck yourself. Passing the tissues. Kate says, here you go, Brian. Patriot Nick says, bleeding heart Brian is a piece of shit. Wow. Change my mind. Aram says, the comments are better than having other people on the show. You see, Brian, as helpful as you've been in the past, they get it. That's helpful. They're adding to the narrative. And today's narrative is you're a putz. Thank you for giving me 10 to 15 minutes of content with this beautiful audience who wants nothing more than to just hang out and have a good time. So there you go. Star on the forehead. Good job. Jason Schaefer writes, uh, can we uh, just move on to the hot dog story? Yeah. Brian uh, should uh, ban prop guns like Elmer Fudd. Al says Monday will be his apology email. 
The Duchess says, Brian is like chum in the waters to all of us Zaniac sharks. You got to understand, doing the podcast, I have to, this is what I have to do. I have to do it live, and I have the diehards who are here every day to get it live, okay? You have to find the sweet spot, Brian, as much as I'm pissed off at you right now, and I'll be expecting my apology letter. Um, I cannot, I have learned in the three years that I've been doing this, it's extremely important to be somewhat accessible to these people. All right. That's why I tell them to go to Twitch. Twitch is relying on a live audience. You see how that works? So I do need to read some of those comments. At the same time, it needs to be entertaining for the pre-recorded show that is available afterwards. And I would like to think that most of the time I'm doing it. So thank you for telling me how to do my job. Great. Perfect. All right. So again, if you have an opinion, that's, that's, that's perfect. Like Garrett, he says, I always skip the conversations with huge and Kyle. Yawn. I don't like it. Okay. All right. Again, I can't make everybody happy. Uh, this one says I can only hope bleeding heart. Brian sends a response. He has, but I'm going to save it for the Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I will read Dick Face's Dick Face response. I don't even know what it says. I don't want to even look at it right now because it'll distract me. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Um, for the hours that I put into this every day, and I put uh, the law on the free podcast uh, 10, maybe 11 hours a week of content on the free podcast. If I burn through 20 minutes of an interview with Kyle, who is a sponsor and is funny and I like him. And I burn through 20 minutes with uh, whoever. If you're not about it, just, you know, check out and come back. That's cool. You don't need to write me a book, putting me in my place. Well, actually you could, because then you'll become content and a selling point for my Patreon. I will read you asshole Brian's follow-up email on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Eric Zane is all one word. The open and the live stream brought to you by Horizon Hydroponics. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N hydroponics.com. That surgic, uh, surgeon-like precision, uh, 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 what do you call it? Autopsy that I just conducted on Brian, sponsored by Horizon Hydroponics. I don't know why it took me so long to say that. So if you're growing anything indoors, this is who you need. Anywhere in the USA, you can reach out to them online. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N hydroponics.com. If you want to buy anything for your indoor grow, okay? You've just harvested your outdoor grow. Your indoor grow is in business. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N hydroponics.com. Thank you so much. Order anywhere in the U.S. Orders $250 and more is going to get you uh, free shipping. And uh, if you use the coupon code ZANE SHOW at checkout, you will save 
10%. Thank you to Horizon Hydroponics, one of the many businesses that have helped me do what I do for as long as I have. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, seems like more and more of you are reaching out to Frank Fuss for insurance. I just overheard a couple of folks at uh, Affordable Limousine talking about uh, how they get their insurance in the marketplace every year at about this time going in and, into November. It's when you have to re-enroll. It's when the period starts. Um, forget doing it yourself. Uh, if you get a hold of Frank, and this is a free service, you're he's probably going to get you into a better policy, more coverage, that costs less, Try to get you involved in a supplemental policy to fill in any of the loose spots that aren't covered by your policy that you're buying from Obamacare. That's coming up in November. You can call Frank at 616-914-4070. 616-914-4070. Anywhere in the U.S., reach out to Frank Fuss. Now, that doesn't mean that in any state he can help you. But if you're calling from a state that he's not licensed in, he'll put you in touch with the right people. This is all free. All of it. Every bit of it is free. The only thing you might pay for is if you buy a supplemental life insurance policy, which is a good idea because last thing you want to do, because sometimes if you buy an insurance policy, they're going to cover like 80, 20, or they have a big deductible or the copay on the, on the prescription might be, you know, it's, it's tricky. And, and, and navigating all of that by yourself is kind of like a job and who the fuck has time for that. So have Frank do it. 616-914-4070. Or go to buyinsurancehere.com. Buyinsurancehere.com. Full House Comedy. Thank you to Big Dick Donnie Veltman. Uh, Got nothing going on this weekend? Go see a show. Uh, Tonight, Jonathan Martin is at Rockford Lanes in beautiful Rockford, Michigan. What you do is you go to the corner bar, hang out for a little bit, go to Rockford Lanes, pull a few frames, go into the bar, watch Jonathan Martin. It's a whole night out. You want tickets, you go to fullhousecomedy.com, click on events. If you're not interested in Jonathan Martin, check out the world-famous Paul Rodriguez. Two shows at Billy's Lounge in Grand Rapids today. And then tomorrow, uh, Paul is going up to Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon. And then on Sunday, he's appearing at the Park Theater in Holland. So there you go. All weekend long, fullhousecomedy.com. Thank you very much. There you go. Some of the many sponsors that are joining us here on the Eric Zane Show podcast. Um, you know, everybody's got an opinion. And like I just saw Garrett Cornell say, yeah, I, I don't like it when Eric brings in... Um, uh, 
the dude from Dumpster Divers, Kyle. And, and I don't like it when he brings in huge. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I understand you have an opinion, but you know what matters the most? I like it when I bring in huge. So, Bill, welcome back to the Eric Zane Show podcast. They can stick it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy because, Bill, you rarely swear. Well, you know, because first off, a random guy, I, I've never met a Garrett I liked, okay? I've never met a Garrett I liked. Never. In my life. I'm 60. I look like I'm 40. I've never met a Garrett I I liked. And, okay. you know, for him to say that he doesn't want me to come on, does he want you to do tricks with your one-eyed cat? What does he want instead of this? I don't know. I don't know what these people want. I mean, well, you it's know why? Kind of- there's so- there's something, Eric, and it happens with you, and and you've been in this business a long time. There are things where the sound of your voice, the the beauty of my face, there are things. There are things where people just don't like something from the start. You don't like a coworker the first day you meet them. You don't like somebody in your class when you were a kindergartner. There is just some kinetic energy where you don't like somebody or something. But Garrett, you know what? If you don't like this, turn it off right now and come back because I'm looking at the clickometer. And this yeah. is close to a record for a Friday morning, 9 a.m. And I'm not even into my ridiculous predictions, yeah. which I'm living with right now, like I'm getting set to go on trial. All right. I'll get to that in a second. But just so we all know, uh, Sam writes, Zane actually makes me like huge. And Kate in New Jersey, she loves you. Kyle is saying hello. So, you know, there's plenty of good to go with just one little slice of bad. And that just means that, you know, Garrett, get the hell out of here. There you okay, go. What, yeah. You know, Take a I walk. Just, I, I, you know, I have learned, uh, you know, finally, after almost 30 years of doing a talk show, that, you know, you can't make everybody happy. You just can't. You can't make everybody happy. And uh, you're, you're that way where a lot of people adore you, love you. And there's a lot of people that don't like you. But I, like I've told everybody that if you know me, uh, you won't hate me as much. You may not totally like me. Yeah. But it, but if you, I know, I got to meet you uh, after you were done uh, with the chuckle bunch over there at GRD, <laughs> and and you're you are so true to the core. You're Thank you're you, an man. entertainer. You're great on air. You're you're so good to your family. You're good to every animal with one, two, three, four legs, one <laughs> eye, one ear, whatever it is. You love animals. And also, you feel real cocky right now, gloating over our bet, but I can take it because I'm a man. Okay, and that's I, I, I'm going to get to that right after this question. What is on your clothing? Is that stained, or is that the way it was made? Oh, that's a, this is the huge show uh, thing. It was is made it? by the addicts people. It's not stained. Oh, it looks like you dumped a cup of coffee on it. Hey, uh, I'd like to, before we get going on my picks, I'd like to announce my new, I dumped a bunch of shit on my clothesline <laughs> that will be available downtown at the secondhand store. Okay. Um, I, I've i left you alone in terms of the show. I've been mocking you oh, with each. You've with left each, me alone yeah. like just a stew, like <laughs> some bad stew you're cooking at your militia cabin up in yeah. Gaylord. Yep, yep. And I think the Cincinnati game, uh, that's the one that was stoned. Out of all these games, that's the one was stone cold the worst, correct? 
Uh, you know, the Cincinnati game made me lose hope. It did. The Cincinnati, you know, even through 0-5, I'm saying, you know, there were two field goals from being 2-3, and three and they're, they're on pace right. to make our bet interesting at the end of the year, whether I won it or lost it. And they were even on pace to – all right, I said nine and eight. There's an extra game, 17 games this year. But the Cincinnati game showed me that losing is contagious, that all of us as Lions fans our entire lives, like like that game has ruined my whole week. The Lions games have, have ruined weeks, have taken days and years off my life because I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who the players are, who's in the front office. The Lions find a way to lose more than any team. I'm talking college, pro, you name it, minor leagues. They find a way to lose right. and blow it, and now the losing's contagious. So now you're getting now you're getting Dan Campbell has gone from crying to calling out players. Anthony Lynn, the <laughs> offensive coordinator, you know, calling out offense. Now you're going to get the split. Yeah. We are going to, you know, I wanted to go a hundred to nothing. Uh, that uh, Stafford would beat uh, the Lions. And don't get me going on Stafford. Oh, I'm not going to do a <laughs> press conference. I'm not going to do a press conference with Detroit, but I love the people. So he's basically was saying he doesn't like the media, but he appreciates the fans. Who oh, he doesn't him. like so, you. He doesn't like you. I, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that have been great? You know, and now let's go to NFL Network's coverage of the Matt Stafford press conference. Yeah, before I get going, I just want to say, uh, huge is a big douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you had to, pick, if you were a general manager of a football team and you had uh, the makings of a great football team and it looked good, you had all your pieces and you know all you needed was a quarterback. And the last two to pick were Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. Who would you pick to lead your team? At this current time, with the way he has played. I will say Matt Stafford. Now, Jared Goff. Okay, I know. I know. Trust me, dude. Trust me, dude. Hey, you know what? You, I, I will tell you that I thought the Lions never could take me places, darker places than ever before in my life, Eric. And this season, I swear to God, it's affected my appetite. It's affected. Uh, you know, it's been great for the show on 96.1 The Game, our new flagship station in Grand Rapids, and also 93.5 and 99.1 FM in Detroit, The Roar. But, you know, to me, the way they find ways to yeah. mess with the fan base, Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm in the media, but also a Lions fan because I grew up here. It's not like I grew up in Texas and moved here. So I've, I've been through this all my life, you know, watching Barry walk away, Calvin walk away. I mean, my God, you can go down the list. I, it, it's, you know, and I, I'm still loyal to them, but now here we are talking about the draft, right? We're talking about, well, because they traded Stafford Campbell has an extra year. So I'm thinking this is the NFL. This isn't a college program. Oh, we got to clean the culture. You know what? Uh, you had a pretty good offense last year. Uh, Stafford did ask, and I like how he admitted it this week. He's the one that asked to be traded. You know, the lions weren't going to dump him. Right. They did. So I think that's why Holmes and Campbell uh, and Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com told me this, that they have an extra year compared to most contracts. And it's because they got rid of Stafford and, you know, Sheila Ford Hamp did. So what are you telling me? Like I, I told Risden last Monday when he was in studio, 
I said, so are we, are we hoping, are we hoping in four years, this team is competitive Four years. My God, I might be sucking right. on prune shakes with adult depends out at the Holland home. Whatever. What always gets me is, um, you know, you see like, uh, Kyler Murray and how, you know, that, and, and even, um, uh, when when Kansas City and Mahomes, you know, Mahomes had the first year where he was kind of figuring stuff out, but then year two, the team's clicking. Same thing with Kyler Murray. It's that that's a relatively quick turnaround. Why is it we've seen so many times teams turn it around? And and the Lions, it's always like, well, yeah, this is, well, you got to understand at the end of five years, if you four years, if you have any players that are good, they're probably going to want to be getting out of Detroit by that point. So, you know, something's off. It always has been. I don't understand why they never get that quick little burst, you know? You know, even Stafford wasn't a quick burst. Remember, it was right. He was hurt. Stafford. He was hurt. He started, you know, he had a shoulder. Remember when he played hurt on that NFL films thing against the Browns? Uh, Is that I, 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 I believe it's management and it's culture, Eric. If you're in a bad work environment if you're in a bad if you're on a bad team i don't care if it's your buddies and you guys are playing soccer on a you know saturday morning in jenison wherever it is if if the culture isn't there i don't think uh you know one one person who's talented can overcome it and look what's happened with barry and calvin all right and, and i don't put stafford based on his detroit days in there and remember there is one thing that we talked about and everybody talked about with stafford that going to la not just the regular season right now, and not when they destroy the Lions on Sunday, but come playoff time, come playoff time, what will Matt Stafford do in big games? Right. And that could be, you know, I mean, Rams could end up with home field advantage, even though they trail Kyler Murray in Arizona right now. So that's, uh, you know, the, we'll the see. Stafford we'll see. judgment. Well, the Stafford judgment will come in the playoffs. But the question is, okay, you watch Stafford. And, and and let me tell you something, nothing against Cup or Woods with the Rams, but he had better receivers, Kenny Galladay healthy, Marvin Jones Jr., Calvin Johnson. So the question is, they had that window, going back to like 2012, where they had Adamican Sue, they had the number two defense, they had Stafford, they had Johnson, they drafted Best, who had to retire early because of concussions. And man, they were close. That was their window in Detroit. But then, like... It happens with the Lions. Nothing can be sustained. They find ways to lose. They have the worst human luck on earth when it comes to sports. Right. And here they and here they are. They're going to be zero and seven. You're going to look at the schedule, and pretty much every prognosticator for the April 2022 draft has the Lions uh, with the first to third pick, which means they're going to be anywhere from zero and seventeen to probably topside miracle three and 14. Right. And then, right. And then you're going to do what we're going to do. What all off season believe that Cam um, and Holmes and the assistant coaches or golf has one more year at 32 million bucks. My God, how did I go with that guy? Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. And I, uh, Dr. Zane. Yeah. I don't want to, I, I, you know, I feel like you've been being murdered. So I wanted this to be a, a safe space for you, Bill Simonson. I wanted to be on, you must be on new medication. Um, is it strange that the three players that, um, either our hall of fame or are talked about in the hall of fame have, um, 
at one point either disavowed or had to repair a relationship. Barry Sanders, we know about his history. Calvin Johnson still pissed off. Matt Stafford is getting messages, giving messages that I, I don't like that team. Is that is that weird to you? I mean, what does that tell us? It, it really backs up what I just said the last five minutes, that the culture, the culture of this team, the expectations of this team, the now, you know, sometimes people will pile on the Fords and say it's on them. And I'm like, well, gosh, I mean, this team had Sue Stafford and Calvin Johnson together. And I know they got screwed in Dallas in that playoff game, but they couldn't put it to. And I thought Schwartz out of all the coaches, as I kind of go back now and I look at, you know, Dan Campbell still has the look of a biker that won a contest at the Amble Inn to be an NFL head coach. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. Yeah. He's getting there, man. You watch. Look, look at his red face. Yeah. Look at his red face. Oh my yeah. God. He has, he already has the lions. Uh, what did I get myself into head coach? Look. Yep. Yep. We've all seen it. I would love to see a, um, a, just a collage of those pictures all the way back to fricking uh, 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 Monty Clark, for God's sake. Oh my you know? God. Monty Clark, Dale Rogers, uh, who else? Wayne uh, Fonts. Wayne uh, Fonts. Who else? Well, who was the guy from Michigan? He was in a remember the guy from Gary Michigan? Moeller. He, yes. He, Gary Moeller. Uh okay. one of if I'm not wrong, Gary Moeller in his in his interim coaching, I'll have to double check. Gary Moeller might it was a short window, right, of coaching. He might have the best winning percentage of any Lions head coach ever. It was only a, a – I think they went – did they go Bobby Ross after that, which was a horror – Barry hated him. And, I mean, it's just – you know, I I don't know where it's going. You know, Dan Campbell's never been a head coach. Brad Holmes never uh, been a GM. I really thought these guys were different because Spillman is up in the front office and they're going to put him in the Lions ring of honor, which is kind of like getting probation – but is that uh, Spillman was there, and I, I really thought this would be different. It's, it's the worst misread on an offseason, and maybe part of it is I'm yeah. a Lions fan, and I'm 60, and I'm blinded by my loyalty. You know, it's like I, right. denial, whatever you want to call it. It's the worst misread on golf. It really shows how bad the organization is, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback well, yeah coach or GM is it's bad the organization but mate the only thing worse than that is is you uh that's that's much worse than than their judgment that's that's uh, we can all agree with that I know I know as you said oh I'm not gonna murder you I'm not <laughs> piling on you've been through enough I think you've learned your lesson I go that is not in the Eric Zane playbook. <laughs> that is not, okay. That is that is not in the Eric Zane playbook. Uh, for the record, Gary Moeller, four wins, three losses, best winning percentage in memory, five seventy one. Uh, so yeah, okay. Um, that's enough about that. Other than our bet, uh, it it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. You'll be wash, washing the truck in the speedo, Bill. Yeah, uh, January, so I'll probably have to fast during December so I don't look like Chris Farley in a van down by the river skit on mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live. So, okay. Hey, hey I, I own up. I've owned, I've owned my bet with you. I've owned my uh, huge opinion uh, on my Facebook and Twitter pages. 
Uh, I'm not running from it. I've owned it. Um, I, I've never been more disappointed than the Lions than I am this season. Ever. It's okay. That says a lot. Yeah, it's okay. And that does say a lot. And uh, I, I want to end with this because um, uh, some great things are happening in college football. I, I don't root for either team, but I really like the fact that Michigan and Michigan State are both performing very well. And no one really expected this type of performance from these two football teams, Bill. Nope. Uh, if you go back to August, it's, uh, you know, in August, I'm talking about the Lions and golf with nine wins and thinking I'm going to own that bet with you easily. And I said Michigan eight and four top side was my prediction. And I, th- I did say Michigan State would be better uh, than the four and a half uh, over under win total on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So I, I, I'm, I, but to see both of them at like six and uh, eight in the country, and stayed as the bye week, and a week from tomorrow, uh, Spartan Stadium is going to be nuts, and Michigan should take care of business against Northwestern tomorrow at the big house. It will be the biggest game going in. Can't say the best game because it depends on how the game plays out, but the biggest game going in, uh, Mel Tucker, I don't know if he's going to be here after this year. Will he take the LSU job? Could be offered, you know, $9 million, $10 million bucks a year for that. And Harbaugh, remember, his job was on the line. He needed a big year. I still think there's more pressure on Harbaugh to win that game and to beat Ohio State. Mel Tucker's playing with house money. Harbaugh remembers, you know, negotiated a split contract, uh, all incentives. Uh, The pressure from the Michigan fan has been to beat Ohio State. But considering what's on the line when both should be undefeated, uh, I think all the pressure is on Michigan and Harbaugh in that game. Yeah, and just the simple fact that he hasn't really beaten a good opponent on the road, uh, a top 25 opponent, I think. If I'm understanding this correctly, it's very one-sided in his years with Michigan. He's been horrible on the road against top 25 opponents. I think the only one would have been when Minnesota last year in the pandemic year was ranked, but then uh, they were unranked after that game and didn't have a good year. Wow. That would be, and then, you know, and the Nebraska Wisconsin wins are solid for Michigan this year, but you know, they look bigger in August, just like the Washington game did. What's crazy, Eric. And if there's a Michigan state or Michigan fan watching this, what's crazy is that Michigan is six in the country should be 7 and 0 after beating Northwestern tomorrow. State has the bye week tomorrow. Right. 7 and 0. And we still aren't sure about either team on how good they are. Bill, I uh, appreciate the time as always. You're a wonderful friend and uh I'm, people can check you out of course on the Huge Show on 96.1 in West Michigan and if you go to uh, your website, you can find out what station locally. There's 20 of them if I'm understanding correctly. So uh what, where do I, where again do I go online to see the listing of stations? Yeah, just, just go to thehugeshow.net, also on the iHeart app. Uh, just search The Huge Show. Anybody, all your people all across the country can listen uh, on the iHeart app. Just search The Huge Show. It's weekdays at 3 Eastern time. So, Eric, man, congrats on all your success. My best to you and your family, buddy, and then uh, we'll catch up, okay? Yep, very good. And I'll be uh, bored up in the CMU game sometime in the next week or so. So I'll be looking at your uh, uh, huge network computer and looking at all the amazing fun toys and gadgets you have on there. Uh, I wonder you, how you haven't sabotaged everything. <laughs> 
That's right. You know, oh, Bill, I'm I'm really supportive of you. Let's turn this. Let's turn this. You know, I am going to your knowledge of sports. I, I will going back to the start of this season. And I don't know now with all your kids, you know, off to college and married and whatever they're doing and your dogs are sleeping on your couch behind you that you, you've been your knowledge of sports has from the first time we met. First time we met, my thought was, man, you know, dude sounds good on the radio, but he doesn't know shit about sports. <laughs> and and then, and now now I, I I'm telling you, even our conversation here and some of the previous ones, I'm like, Zane is going. You know what? It'll be cool around the holidays. I got to get you in December. Uh, I I have to get you into. Uh, fill in for a couple days. Oh, dude, I have to. we would I will. kill it. I would love that so much because yeah, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna, that, I've been, that will happen. That I've been will very, happen around the holidays. So I've been following it. quite a bit. Uh, the only thing I need to brought, pay more attention to is the NBA. I've been following hockey. I've been following college football, uh, pro football religiously. Uh, I listened to your interview with Tom Izzo the other day as Michigan State. Awesome? Yeah, they're not even ranked going into the season. So he's like, you know, I, 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 I got a feeling we're going to be there at the end. But uh Oh my God, uh, Eric Zane dropping. They're not rang. What's going on here? Oh my God. Uh, he, he's, be, he's become mini huge. I've got What's it, happening? man. I am I ready. Know. And we work in the same building. I do my little oldie show on 101.3. And uh, uh, anything you need, I can, I can help you in any way possible. You know, that big 101.3, the 70s, 80s, 90s, I'll be honest. I love that station. Yeah, it's a lot. They describe it when. Uh, Dave Taft is the guy who runs the radio station. Good I man. said to him, I said, Dave, so um, I'm voice tracking. And I, 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 I say that. In fact, if you listen, it says portions of the show have been pre-recorded. It actually says that on the radio now, but so I do it. And then um, he, I go, well, what do you want me to do? I, I go, how, how would you describe the delivery? And he goes, fun, just go have fun. I go, well, all right, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll play the Archies and Diana Ross and the Supremes and, uh, Maybe some Gordon Lightfoot, and uh, yeah, it's it's a fun radio station. It is. We got sing along. It's like a a flashback station. I love it. And Eric, you will be filling in come uh, holiday time. I'll oh, make sure. Hey, I make that happen. Okay. Yeah, you can. Are you gonna put in a good word with Marty Boomer? He, he loves my. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the one thing I will just give you just one word of advice. Normally, I don't rip uh, former bosses. <laughs> I, I, I stay away from that. Maybe that's why I've survived 30 years in the business. Yeah, and I yeah. just, you know, I, again, privately, you can say what you want to, but I just one word of advice, Eric, because your forum is pretty big. You reach well, a lot of people, but I, I, I will say there's nobody who can put the gunpowder on the bridge and light the effing match like you. Now, look, I am not going to, I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to put you in a bad position. Okay. I wouldn't do that to you because I've tried this before and I'm not going to say a name. I wouldn't do that to you, but there have been numerous times when I have gone down that road and I've said, well, yeah. And then I'll actually say someone's name and I'm trying to get you to do something. And so I'll say it. And then you'll say something completely foreign and different. You'll go, wow, that was a great lunar eclipse last night. You know, completely change the topic. You'll go, you know, I remember when I worked for this person over at this uh, group, Town Square, Cumulus. Uh, what do you think? I go, do you know that a meteor last night went by uh, Sparta, <laughs> Michigan? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I've learned, you know what? 
I don't, you know, uh, I don't talk about jobs I had. There's nothing you can do to change it. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been blessed. Like, you know, same with you. Look at, look at us sitting here, dude. You're, you, you have your, your at home. You've built this podcast empire. You're, you're really relaxed, more relaxed than I've seen you ever. Uh, you're doing your own thing. You're still connected to radio with iHeart. We're back in the same building. Uh, you know, I, I just, you, you got a good flow to your podcast. You know how to hit the social networks. You're working with your advertisers. Uh, man, look, look how relaxed your dog is. Look I know. They, they just, just sleep right through it. They, just, they, 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 every time I look, look up, the, they jump in there. Look at them. This That's one's awesome. on his back. This one is actually on his back sleeping with his paw. He looks like he's dead. Now he's alive, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's alive. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure. What? Right. Oh, my God. Eric, Eric's just stuffing his animals and putting behind him on the uh, podcast. No, keep up the great work, man. Have Likewise. a great weekend. Yep. And we'll hook up soon, okay? All right. Check him out. Uh, HugeShow.net, 96.1 in West Michigan, because a large number of my audience listens in West Michigan. So check out Bill today. He's going to start at uh, 3 p.m. And then, uh, so, the, yeah, it's, it's always a good time. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, and HugeShow.net, if people want to, uh, find the station close to them or the iHeart app. Just search the huge show anywhere in America. All right, bud. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Back at you. All right. Go lines. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Go lines. There you go. Now, was that so bad? How could you possibly listen to that and be like, huh, I don't like this. Uh, Dirk, a theory. My guess, Bill is Cardiff. You never know. Report from up north in the Fear Bunker area. Fear Bunker North, snowing and grayling. Oh yeah, Are you kidding? October twenty-two. It's like a different. It's like a different world up there. All right. Tyler says. Concerning the Lions over all these miserable years, the only thing that hasn't changed in that organization is ownership. There's your problem. Hard to argue with that. Or it's it's either that or a curse. All right. Uh, Adam says, unpopular opinion. I like listening to Lomas and Dan's Lions radio broadcast. That's a perfect example of it, it. It's a, it's a wild card moment when it comes to content, you just never know what people are going to like and not like. I like listening to Lomas because I like hearing him make up words that don't exist And Okay. You'll never listen to a lion's broadcast again. Uh, if, because I'm going to inform you the, um, how Lomas always says Dan Miller's name, Dan too much. You can do that too much. If every other sentence I'm saying huge, well, Dan, well, Dan, they jumped off. Well, Dan, they jumped off. Die, Dan. Dan. And he always says it, Dan. And then he says the word again, A-G-A-I-N. Again. The li- he always throws that in in an unnecessary way. Really bizarre. All right. That was fun. I love having Bill on. 
All right. If you're looking for a job and you have a CDLB with passenger endorsement, you might want to consider reaching out to Affordable Limousine. This is the company that I work for, and let me tell you, it's as simple as this. I get a text that says, are you available in five days, Friday night, 7 p.m. to midnight? Pick up in Grand Rapids. Yes or no? No. Thank you for getting back to me. Or I could write, yes, I'll take that job. Great. I'll send you the order. Order shows up on your inbox. All right. You got to pick up 7 p.m. at this place. So then you plan your day. You get in your nice uh, uh, best suit, black tie, vest, white shirt, black jacket. Go to the garage. Pick up your shuttle, your bus, your trolley, your limousine, whatever it may be. Pick up the people from wherever. Hello, I'm Jason. I'll be driving you around. Welcome. Come on in. By the way, don't ever ask them their name, Jason. You don't do that. Don't ask them their name. Just say, hello, I'm Jason. I'll be taking you around town. I can't wait for you to get into my bus. Come on in and always smile. Don't stop smiling. Okay. Some of the drivers wear these hats. Fucking hate the hat. Screw the hat. No, no, no. That's optional. You don't have to wear the hat, but some of them wear it. It's like, what are you doing? You got to fucking, no, no, no. Lose the hat. Some of them put the hat and then there's a little spot for a dollar. They, they, they put like a dollar in it to kind of like grease the skids that they're working for tips. I don't do that shit. And then somewhere the bow tie, bow tie's option. No, no, no. You go to express and you get a nice tie that a man wore, wears and not something a ghost wears. So these dudes, they come in with a hat on and the bow tie. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Anyway, that's just my personal preference. Uh, they might say to you, oh, well, uh, they might say to you their name. Do not refer to them as their first name. It's always Mr. and Mrs. Until they say, call me. If they tell you that, then you can. Uh, don't get caught looking at the GPS or the phone. Put it in front of you. All right, hands on the wheel. Eyes forward. Look left and right before the uh, when the light turns green. Make sure there's nobody coming that's going to barrel into you. These are all tricks of the trade. And smile. Keep smiling. Anyway, this is a great place to work. If you have a CDLB with passenger endorsements, you know, that's an expertise level that earns you a certain amount of money. Uh, that's great. And you probably do very well. But how about you earn that? Plus the tips, which, you know, effectively doubles, sometimes triples your hourly wage. Uh, drivers that I, I know of uh, that have a CDLB with passenger endorsement, they're sitting on uh, at the end of the night after they get their tip, 35, 40 bucks an hour. That's freaking gold. And it's usually cash, cash in hand. Okay. So what do you do with that? Psst. You don't tell anyone. Zero tax. That's a secret from your old pal, Eric Zane. Nobody knows. Oh my God. Now, technically you're supposed to report that, that to uncle Sam, but you, you do what you want to do. I know what I do. All right. 
Bus Careers, Bus Careers, BusCareers.com. Let's bring in the legendary Rick Steinebach from TC Paintball. You know, because I want to. Rick, how are you? What's happening? I was a few minutes behind on the podcast, apparently. Oh, yeah, I was just uh, I was just doing some sponsor reads, and I finished up talking about um, Affordable Limousine and BusCareers.com, and you were next on the list, and I hadn't talked to you in a while. So I wanted to thank you for sponsoring the Cardiff Electric podcast yesterday. Oh, yeah, I often make terrible decisions. Uh, never have I done anything that has upset people more than my decision to bring on Cardiff Electric, Rick. You know, and I get that. Like, you want to get get us talking about shit or get a reaction. But, man, he was, he's just irritating. It's just I don't like the way that he comes across. I don't like the way that he talks. And I don't like that. That smug, I know shit, and I'm going to tell you shit attitude. I just, I hate that. Uh, so I brought him on, and uh, the it's it's he. It, the joke is, when we say the most popular podcast on the internet, he's obviously not. It's horrible. It's supposed to be bad, and <clears throat> the smugness is because is funny to me because. He's terrible at everything. That's that's how that's that's how it works. And the the whole the whole podcast is a ruse. It's all fake. It's all just done. He does his podcast uh, acting like he's great when he's not. Okay, I can appreciate that. And in my defense, I've never gone out of my way to find or listen to the right. dude. Right. Aside from when you talk about him. Right. So I don't really have much of a of a basis for understanding what his platform is or no, what no. he's trying to come across. And as. that's fair enough. But I'm, I, but I'm just trying I'm I'm just saying <laughs> just the dude talking, like if you're gonna have a, a tongue in cheek podcast, you at least want it to be kind of pleasurable to listen to where you're kinda of getting something out of it, something out of it where it's a you know, a voice that you <laughs> are gravitated to or or something. But man, I just I feel like it's just so abrasive. Like that's one of the few times that I want to close the app and walk away. Like I don't want to listen anymore, you know? Um, just so you know, that wonderful, uh, concise description of how it makes you feel. That is the comedy. The comedy is supposed to be how that horribleness makes people like you do what you do. And okay, and but so, isn't, isn't the goal when you have a podcast is to get more listeners? Isn't it, it, the goal? Well, I guess my point is, if you just think about it, the point is to make the audience the star, not the not the person doing the content. The audience, right, because, is, but you got to have an audience for that well, to work. No, the and so you uh, clearly uh, echoing what everybody else feels. Most of the people feel is I'm the voice of the people. Correct. You're 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 humorous in your description of how the visceral reaction the bit has pulled out of you. That's that's uh that's kind of the point, but um and so inch by introducing it to you and everybody giving giving me shit and having a heart attack and saying it sucks tons of dick is how it's supposed to be. I guess, but if I were you, I'd be looking for content that you know you know, drew people in instead of forced them away. Well, you know, 
like I indicated earlier on the show, with all of the hours and hours I do uh, on a on a lark to spend ten minutes talking to some loser who sucks and acting like he's great, me acting like he's great is really in the grand scheme of things not that big of a deal. But wow. Holy shit, the blowback was intense. Yeah, he's polarizing, huh? <laughs> but that's uh, that's only like uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you in here. I uh, uh, We are doing coming up, uh, I, th- I think it's the 21st of um, November, right? Is that what we said? Yeah. Yeah, I think like it's the yeah, it's the Monday or no, it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, yeah, that what that would in fact be uh, Sunday the twenty first of November. Uh, we had everything go against us on last Sunday, uh, complete with uh, uh, the tarantula farmer had a COVID issue, so that's a, a good chunk of people, and uh, so it kind of put things a little bit wonky. Um, so we ended up moving the event. But Gabe, the Honduran, ended up getting 14 people. Did he show up on Sunday? Do you know? Honestly, I don't know. I okay. have to ask my staff or check my point of sale because okay. I wasn't here. I wasn't here Sunday afternoon since that wasn't going on. Right, right. I went home to get other shit done. So yeah, I think he ended up. He just, oh man. Well, I ended up getting a few more. So uh, I'm thinking if we can with Gabe the Honduran, if he can, because he's got a huge gaggle of people that he hangs out with and brings. Um, we're, we're set up with the amount of time that we have leading up to this one for the, um, the, the November 21, uh, slaughter of the pilgrims paintball war. Number 16. Wasn't there a, like a, a second tagline that had something to do with a squaw or something? Uh, uh, a squaw? Uh, no, I don't think that that's true. Uh, you and I wouldn't ever, um, you know, between us send text messages with horrible words like squaw. Um, so I, the I, description preceded a line that says something about deleting the text. I'm not, I can't remember. I'd have to go back. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you had a bad dream or something, but no, I would never, um, I would never suggest at, uh, uh, defiling a squaw on a, uh, on an event surrounding Thanksgiving and paintball that, that is, uh, you, you must have heard from one of your lowbrow friends who said something terrible to you. That's not funny in any way, Rick. One of the many. Yeah, one of the many. It's hard, yeah. it's hard to keep them, keep them uh, separate. Did I understand correctly that you leveled up in paintball professionalism? Like there's levels, numbered levels on the degree of expertise that a person who is a professional paintball player has? Well, there is. We have a whole ranking system, so you can't like sandbag into a lower division if you've earned a certain amount of experience or uh, um, uh, accomplishment. There is that that exists, but I think what you're referring to is when uh, when I had a birthday and I referred to it as leveling up. Oh, oh, that's embarrassing. I thought when you said you leveled up to forty something, I thought that was like uh, stages of degrees of black belt. No, it's just degrees of being alive. Oh fuck! I made it another year. How old are you? Forty. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. You still move very well. Uh, tell that to my knees, man. My knees are killing me lately. Yeah, that's tough. I've been there. All right. Yep. Well, okay. Uh, so if anybody wants, uh, I want to take this opportunity again. Thank you for, for uh, being a sponsor. TCPaintballGR.com. This weekend, you can head over there, book a party. You can do that. And we're leading up to the November 21st uh, Slaughter the Pilgrims event, Paintball War number 16. Email me, eric at ericsaintshow.com if you want to play.
Absolutely, and I'm and I'm going to throw myself out here for a second too. Don't don't forget about the kids' league on Wednesday nights. That thing is really really. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of progress in that where the kids come in at 8 to 12 years old, they play for a little while, they have a birthday or two, they move up to the teen league. I've seen this uh, this whole cycle happen a few times now. Now these teenagers that have kind of shunned traditional sports where they really weren't into soccer, really weren't into basketball, wrestling, or football, they found something in paintball. They found a way to be uh, competitive, they get the camaraderie, the social interaction, uh, the, the learning how to take wins and losses, um, you know, like uh, like adults and uh, in, uh, very, in a mature way. Um, I, I can't say enough about it. So not only do I want your listeners, um, all your friends and mine, to come out and play for our events and schedule their own parties, but Wednesday nights for the... Little League for 8 to 12-year-olds and the uh, Teen League for up to 18 years old. If you have anybody that, that is not involved in traditional sports, they need something to, to get themselves away from the video game or get them off the couch or, or get the bag of chips out of their hands, give it a try. There's no, there's no season-long commitment. You can try it one time and decide yep. if it's for you or not. And it's not very expensive either. It's like uh, 29 bucks. So try it on a 5 o'clock on a Wednesday night. I guarantee they'll want to come back. Have you ever, excuse me, have you had an interaction with a parent who's done this once or twice or maybe more and, and uh, kind of like echoed that and like um, yeah, was like not very. Not just once, not just once. Oh, okay. Several parents, um, uh, more often than not. Um, they, you know, they're, they're coming from miles around um, and, and they're, they're doing exactly that. They found something for their kids to be involved in. And, and not only that, I've got one um, family of three kids, two girls and a boy. And all three of them, one of the girls is the most aggressive and probably the best paintball player at this point. But it's awesome that they can go out there and play on a, you know, a level playing field. You know, they don't have to, uh, it's not basketball, it's not football, it's not wrestling where maybe one gender has to take it easy on the other. They're out there just giving it their all, playing against each other, and they can't wait for the next week to come because they're, they're having such a good time with it. So it's, uh, like I said, I can't, I can't say enough about it. It's, paintball has brought me a lot, of, a lot of cool things in my life as far as, uh, you know, being able to compete. And once you get outside of high school, you get to do something competitively. You get to uh, have those bonds with people, um, you know, and stay in shape at the same time. All that stuff is great. And some kids don't have those opportunities, even though those things are available in school. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's intimidating if you go to the wrestling room and you want to become a wrestler. Right. But you got all these kids and parents that have been in it, in it for four or five years already that you really don't know where you're going or what to do. You know, we kind of specialize in the brand new kid. We want to bring him along. And once they learn how to hold that gun to their shoulder and shoot accurately, they can be formidable on the field. And once that happens, their, their personal confidence level just skyrockets. It's really awesome to see. Have you ever had sex on a paintball field? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to narrow one down, but uh, yes, the short answer is yes. I'm not, I'm not Dale by any stretch, but it, it has happened. How about that on Smarter Than a Former Drug Dealer Trivia? Did you listen to the most recent episode? You found a way to shut him up, didn't you? Oh, my God. He was so quiet. Because normally his intros, like he he thanks Bennett Florine. Oh and yeah, he, he goes on and on on a yeah. simple question. Sometimes I mean, love him to death, but but he didn't have much to say at all no. during that thing. He just focused on the two things he was working on. And that was the answers and the task at hand. Did you notice he was like really uh, efficient with the answers too? I think he was he kicked ass in the game. He, he absolutely kicked ass. I, I kept there. There kept. An analogy kept bouncing around in my brain about Samson and the hair or something. I, I don't know exactly how it fits here, but there's something to do with if maybe if Dale's pants are off, he performs better. I don't know. Yeah, he was uh, he was unbelievable. Okay. Well, all right. That's all the questions I have for you. Uh, thanks again. And I just wanted to drop in and say hi.
I appreciate that. Okay, thanks for sponsoring Cardiff. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, see ya. <laughs> Bye. All right. Knock it off, Zane. Do what I want. No. No, I want to do what I want. Thanks. Thanks. I don't, uh, I don't tell you how to drive the truck. Okay. Uh, we have a relationship here. I try my best, try to be entertaining, try to have fun. If I'm having fun more often than not, you will too. No big deal. Let's not make this more complex than it needs to be. Uh, Long-winded, let me give you a critique of what you've done for 35 years. A little bit, uh, a little bit much for my liking, you know? We're not going to go there. I'm going to nip that in the bud, as Tony Soprano used to say. I'm going to nip it in the bud. I'm not going to go there. Uh, Tyler says, next time I'm playing paintball and see white all over the obstacles, I'll be wondering if that's paint or jizz. How about a Walking Dead-themed paintball event? MAGA, MAGA Zine writes, oh my God, just saw the D-Bag lawyer interview. Gross. Mm. Adam is referring to the insane asylum this week, which I published last night. The Vand Alabama three doing their version of, uh, the soprano. Well, they made the song woke up this morning. I, uh, I featured a live version of that song in the insane asylum. And it's one of my favorite things in the world. Oh, it was so fantastic. Woke up this morning. When you woke up this morning, God just ever gone. Head was going ding dong. Feeling from your head down to your toes. I can't do it. That guy's dead. Who does that? Um, who does that little limerick? That little rap there in the middle of it. He died. Tragically, I forget what his name. D Wayne. D Wayne something. I don't know. Uh, two women's sports stories that are not so great. And, uh, when I saw the first one, I was like, okay, uh, stay focused. Do not, do not say anything that you shouldn't say about this. And then I kept, I kept laughing. I was like, well, I got to get this out of my brain. So I went into Diana and I, I gave her the story and then I dropped some nonsense and some silliness. She goes, it's not funny, Eric. And you better not say that in the podcast. You're going to get, you're going to get in trouble. I don't want to, I don't want to be sitting there getting texts from you while I'm at school that you're in trouble. I go, I know, I know. I'm only telling you this. Um, so that it's out of my brain. Okay. And, uh, then I went to bed. Then I woke up. Then I looked at my phone. Uh, blue stain Rob. 
links up this story about the young lady from Tufts University. Private college in and around Massachusetts, I believe. Uh, He wrote above the story, for the love of God, don't get canceled. College lacrosse player dies at age 20 after choking on uh, on a hot dog in a hot dog eating contest. I was already well aware of the story. The simple fact that the audience is, oh man, this this is uh, this is something he's going to do. He's going to talk about this. He's going to get in trouble, and that's the end of it. No, I'm not going to do that. I see my own daughter in this 20-year-old young lady. So, all right, enough of that. There's really nothing more to say. It was a uh, team-building event that the team was doing like a fundraiser or something like that. And they had like a hot dog eating contest and the kid, uh, the young lady, it, uh, it, it went down the wrong pipe and it choked her. And they, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if, uh, maybe it was so badly in there. The Heimlich maneuver was not effective. I, I guess that that is a thing. It can, that can work out that way. Typically that works if you do get choked. But uh, that was it, man. Jason Schaefer, though, uh, is a problem. Uh, It's not funny for you to send me the link along with uh, some horrible comment that you probably want me to say he sends subject line Tufts lacrosse player dies after reportedly choking during hot dog eating contest. Jason wrote probably because she wasn't a pro. Not sure what that means. Uh, I can only assume that he's making the suggestion that um, being that it's women's lacrosse. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to go there. Uh, unacceptable, horrible, absolutely horrible. Uh, Dennis wrote, did Eric just say hot dong? No, I did not say hot dong. I said a hot dog. Absolutely terrible. I can't imagine it. From Afghanistan, who knew that there was a, a, a women's Afghani volleyball team? This lady uh, was quite skilled. She was playing on the uh, ladies' national team. And apparently one of the crazy thing, one of the many cra- uh, crazy things that the Taliban does is... Uh, They forbid women from playing sports. 
I think of all the crazy, wacky things we've had in the news lately, I think the simple fact that the amount of time we spent in Afghanistan and we, um, we didn't indiscriminately destroy uh, the Taliban and all it took was like half a second of leaving and they, they took it back over is one of the uh, hardest things that I can, I've, I've had to figure out. I, I don't understand. Um, if this isn't a, uh, an example for the remainder of time, about why it's a bad idea to go and invade in some country. I don't know what is. And do you remember the whole business about, ah, yeah, hey, we've decided that uh, we're back in charge and uh, we've changed our ways. Uh, it's a new age Taliban. You know, people have nothing to fear. They have nothing to fear. You know what has something to fear? Uh, that would be... Maja bin Hakimi. Now I take it back. The name of the team is Maja bin Hakimi. Two members of the volleyball team. That's the name of the team, I guess. Uh, managed to flee the country while the rest of the team uh, and the family of the dead woman here were threatened into silence. No, I, I'm, I'm reading. It's written weird. Uh, sorry. The dead lady is Majabim Hakimi. So uh, basically what they did was they Taliban had been taking notes about, all right, who's a, who's a trader, who's an interpreter, and who's playing volleyball, women's volleyball. We're going to go and kill them because they went ahead and they got a hold of uh, Majabim Hakimi and, uh, you know, the uh, a very, uh, well, they, they slaughtered her. They actually cut her head off killed earlier this month death mostly hidden because the family had been threatened not to talk oh my god and then they uh, posted the pictures <clears throat> their way of uh, scaring the locals into uh, submission is by saying yeah this is what's going to happen to you what a screwed up place and it seems like you know of all the things that have gone on in the world it's remarkable uh, uh, how how feeble of an attempt we did uh, for 20 years. I mean, did we not try? And it's not like we were uh, above doing indiscriminate destruction of things. We just killed a family of 10 in and about the same time that we were trying to get out of Afghanistan. Remember that? Oh, yeah, this is uh, this is ISIS-K. We're going to blow up this car. They blow it up, and it, it has nothing to do with ISIS-K. It's a family of 10 going to the park. So the crazy-ass Taliban killed the woman because she's playing sports. <clears throat> According to this article, all the players of the volleyball team and the rest of the women athletes are in a bad situation and in despair and fear. Everyone has been forced to flee and live in unknown places. Uh, many of the players uh, have been killed. And then some, in order to try to um, insinuate that they are on the side of the Taliban, uh, would burn their sporting equipment to save their families and themselves. It's just remarkable to me that you can be in a scenario where you are being ruled by evil people who will kill you because you did set spike and charge the net. What the fuck? You know, it's almost like 
Um, there's more citizens than there are Taliban. It's almost like if they could round up the required amount of people and just say, look, we're dead anyway. Let's go out in a blaze of glory and rip some dicks off. Okay. We'll go grab the first guy with an AK. We'll overcome him. We'll build the perimeter around him. A few of us are going to get taken out, but we got to do this. Something has to happen. The fucking Afghanis now, since the U.S. have abandoned them, they're going to need to grow some stones here and try to save their families and their women. I mean, what would you do? Okay? If there actually was real tyranny, and I'm not talking about what you uh, claim is tyranny, like wearing a mask or going to get a vaccine. That's not tyranny. I'm talking about real tyranny. You loudmouth pussy sitting there saying, hey, I gotta wear a mask. <laughs> it's real tyranny. We gotta have an uprising. That's not what I'm talking about. My God. All right. You can come hang out with me this weekend. I'm excited about this. I get to see puppy dogs. Hold on a second. I had it and I lost it. Allison from Harbor Humane is featuring Howl Oween this weekend. If you're not mad at me because I did the world famous Cardiff Electric podcast on my show, you can join me tomorrow. The shops at West Shore parking lot. I have been given the opportunity to judge the pet costume contest. Okay. 2 to 5 p.m. The shops at West Shore in, uh, where is that? Holland? I don't know. Look it up. The shops at West Shore. In the parking lot. You can't miss us. Bring your dog. Sarah, Rook, Ruk, Roosh, perfect opportunity for you to bring Monster, dress him up, okay? What you can do, since you live in Allendale, Sarah, you can dress him up like a Trump voter, okay? Put a MAGA hat on the dog, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, have him storm the Capitol or something like that. You, you, you can reenact all that weirdo shit that you and your people did, Okay? Dress up monster like a ma- like a MAGA supporter. I want some dog to look like that. Costume contest, 4 p.m. Allison says, if you could be there a bit before 4, that would be great. No, no, no. I'm getting there before 2, okay? If Halloween is 2 to 5, that's when I'm going to be there. <coughs> Excuse me. Impossible for me to bring Daisy. She'll get in a fight with every dog there. Maybe Benny. Maybe Bruce. For sure, oatmeal. Uh, Also, not sure if this is something you and Diana would be interested in, but we are still looking for folks to come with trunks. Because we have so much space. It would consist of backing your car up to the sidewalk, handing out candy.
from the truck back hatch truck bed. Well, of course. Folks will be decorating their cars slash trunks. I'm not going to do that. We may have a contest to see who has the best decorations. Dog-friendly event. Bring whichever pooches you want. If you can promo on the podcast, thank you. So there you go. Come see me. Talk to me about how much you love the Cardiff Electric Podcast. All right. Thank you for inviting me, Allison. You have a great staff at Harbor Humane. Some tremendous volunteers. I love the dogs and cats. I love them all. I love all the dogs and cats. Okay. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. You can uh, check me out there either on your desktop or your, uh, or download the Cameo app. Hire me for just $15.99 and I'll do a bang up job roasting you. It's been a little while since I've done a Cameo. So reach out to me and hire me. I love doing cameos. They're very easy. They're very fun and enjoyable for people. It could be a roast. It could be uh, words of encouragement. It could be as dirty or as polite as you want me to do, uh, as you want me to be. It's up to you. And uh, there you go. Cameo.com slash Eric Hang on. I got to clear my throat. Really killing me. There's a dumpster in my driveway from dumpster divers. Eric Zane. Hey, I got the dumpy. Uh, dropped it off and now I fill it. 21 yards of space. Cheaper than the other dumpster companies. High walls. Doesn't occupy a lot of space. Their dumpsters are different. They're cleaner. They're better. They're cheaper. If you need a dumpster... Call or text 616-379, pardon me, I'm terrible, 616-375-9962, 616-375-9962. If you're a contractor, builder, whatever, and uh, let's say you're doing a renovation, you need some demo work done, you don't want to do it, hire these guys. They'll show up with crowbars, hammers, uh, the dumpster. Do whatever you want done. I want this room to look like this. You tell them, they do it. That's the demolition side of things. They also do junk removal. You throw it out in the garage or in the freaking driveway, they get rid of it. Dumpsterdiversllc.com, 616-375-9962. Joe Martinez is encouraging you to reach out to him at 616-516-8579. Call or text about getting A&E heating and cooling to service your furnace for the winter. That's important. That's good because A, they're cleaning it. They're making sure it's running uh, appropriately and safely. And they tune it so that it is running as efficiently as possible. Heating costs are going to be up 52% this year. It's going to suck balls. So get ready for that. If you have a poorly um, tuned furnace that is not efficient, you're going to use more fuel and that's going to suck. You're going to pay for it. So uh, have these guys tune up your uh, equipment. They're also going to let you know, hey, you got about two years left on this thing. Or this thing's a disaster. Let's get a new one in here. They'll ins- they will install the Comfort Maker brand of furnaces and air conditioners from A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. Okay. I got to pee, and then I'm going to wrap things up. Went a little long today. Am going a little long today, but that's okay. That's how it works. You just... 
go for as long as you're uh, you're supposed to go. You get the things you want off your chest and talk and have a good time. And that's it. Can't be more simple. I'm still so damn pissed off. You wouldn't believe it. I am so pissed off about what Bleeding Heart Brian did. It pissed all of you off. I cannot wait to read his response on the Patreon about what he said to me and what I said to him. My God. I'll let you talk amongst yourselves about that. And then I'm going to go tinkle. Okay. I'll be back. Welcome back. I, I guess I should welcome myself back. Whoops. Wall Street Journal. COVID-19 vaccine mandates are surviving nearly all court challenges. What a tremendous headline. That warms my heart. It makes me happy. I know you all agree. A range of people, from nurses to firefighters to students, have filed lawsuits objecting to the mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations imposed by states and cities, claiming the policies infringe on their constitutional rights. Wow. Nearly every legal challenge has failed so far. <clears throat> That's That actually makes me want to jump for joy. With limited exceptions involving religious objectors, judges have overwhelmingly upheld orders in numerous states that require health workers, public employees, state university students, and government contractors to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 as a condition of employment. These rulings... Hang on. Damn it. Where was I? Zane, this is political. No, it's not. It's a public health story. What do you want me to do? Ignore it? Are you crazy? Uh, public employees, state university students, and government contractors should be fully vaccinated as a condition of employment. These rulings have allowed states to fire workers who refuse immunization. Thank God. What we're seeing are courts finding that mandates are lawful and constitutional. Well, of course they are. Said Jennifer Pyatt, a deputy director with the Network for Public Health Law, a national nonprofit group based in Minnesota that promotes public health laws and has kept track of the litigation. More good news. More than 20 states... And dozens of cities have adopted vaccination mandates, mostly through executive orders and legislation to control the spread of COVID-19. The legal basis for the orders largely stems from a Supreme Court ruling from a century ago upholding a vaccine mandate after an outbreak of smallpox in Massachusetts. I guess they had dipshits back then, too. The court acknowledged in that case that states have broad powers to combat significant public health challenges. Thank God. This is great, great news. I will link this up 
because I know all of you want to read this great news and um, because you're following along. None of you would possibly even disagree with that. So I'm just so excited that we can all be on the same page. Wow, see, there appears to be some type of consternation in the chat. Corey says, uh, looks like Corey's in some type of a brawl. And I think Dirk, when you see Corey, Dirk, and Sam involved, there's an argument. Uh, Sam says, that's okay. That's why we're buying ammo. Now I know, uh, some of you might be like, uh, uh, Brian, uh, you were just talking about that article. You, you, it's, it's bad to have the audience weigh in on what you're talking about, but, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, buddy. That's okay. That's why we're buying ammo, says Sam. Corey says, oh, yeah, that's a that's a rational response. Someone's making you get a shot that will save your life, so you're going to shoot people. And then Corey adds, also, despite what Dirk thinks, vaccinated people are less likely to spread the virus. Well, you're going to live. So if you've ever want this pandemic to end, then stop complaining. The fact of the matter is, if you don't get the vaccine, uh, you're... You have a, a, high, a very high risk of uh, of all the people that die. Most of them are unvaccinated. Very few of them are vaccinated people, which does happen from time to time. There's been more than 7,000 people that have are, are vaccinated that are dead. But of all the people that are hospitalized with that horrible illness as they sit there and their lungs become fibrous and then they die and their family cries, most of them are the Herman Cain Award winners. Dirk throws in Pfizer's the fifth most owned stock among congressmen. So I'm not making it political. I just want you guys to live. Dirk is. If you don't think that politics is involved, you're incredibly naive. Well, look, you've earned your uh, uh, label, Dirk. Let me just say that. Sam says, I'm not going to shoot anybody who doesn't try to forcibly inject me. And Corey says, here we go. Dirk writes, Corey is dumb as shit as usual. The viral load of vaccinated people is the same. Hmm. Iced coffee adds, I'm okay with the vax. The traffic needs thinning out. Oh. Adam says, Eric lights a fire and then ends the show. I'm not quite done yet. Corey says dipshits have always existed throughout history. Are you saying you're a dipshit, Corey? Dean says you can spread the virus whether you are vaccinated or not. Well, everybody knows that. Uh, My body, my choice. Well, no, it's not. It's not your choice. Uh, It's everybody else's choice. Uh, It's not just you, you fucking moron. You guys are going to win an award if you're not careful. Get yourself vaccinated, Dean. 
Uh, Dirk says, former CDC director just said 40% of the COVID deaths have been vaccinated. Again, consider the source. It's Dirk. Everybody kind of goes, eh, okay. All right, whatever. Uh, Sam says... Zane, I've got to know, with land mammal, I'm the dolphin, and is is the moon a planet or is the moon the moon? Were those both stupid Zane bits? Uh, Look, I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say that I'm dumb. Is that what you're trying to say? And then Kent says, who knew Dirk was a virologist? And then Dirk calls him, no, cunt, but I can read. Kenny says, I can't believe it's been nearly two years and everyone is still arguing about this shit. Yeah, I know. They're thick skull. They are thick skull people. There is nothing more we can do about that. All we can do is make fun of them as their numbers dwindle. Okay? Go get vaccinated. Uh, If if you say it's your choice, you are an anti-vaxxer and everyone hates you. You're a problem. Go get vaccinated and quit being a stupid asshole. All right. That's enough about that. But that's not political. That is, there's nothing political about that. Do any of you have a, uh, if you're a boy, you would have a, in this story, you'd have a a, a, a sibling who's a, um, a sister. And if you're a girl, a sibling, that's a brother. Now, imagine if, okay, let's just say Kent here. Let's say Kent has a sister and Kent is, uh, decides to make an only fans page where, well, you know, Kent's ripped and way in shape. And then he turns the camera on and, uh, people have him, uh, beat his meat on the camera and he makes millions of dollars. Okay. This is all hypothetical. Let's just say you do that. And then, um, you go and Kent says, yes, I do have a sister. Then Kent, in this scenario, um, you would then say to your younger sister, hey, sis, you know, you're super hot. You should do what I do. You should get on OnlyFans. And you can make a lot of money doing the same thing that I'm doing. Take off your clothes, touch your privates, and do a show, and then people pay you for it. You can make a lot of money. I'm making tons of cash and then your sister again wrote not hypothetical uh and um and then your sister goes yeah okay that's great so then you two he she's like okay well what do i do and he goes well it probably would be easier if you uh have me run your only fans page so i will be in there while you masturbate and i will shoot video of you masturbating how does that sound and she, then your sister would go oh okay yeah that sounds great but uh, i'm going to have to do that to you too so you sit there and masturbate and i'll shoot video of you and then uh, when it's my turn i'll masturbate and you can shoot video of me and you help me put the content out and then we'll cash all the checks and then you agree you shake hands go all right let's get to beating off well that's happening and uh, uh this uh brother sister tandem is doing exactly that. The headline in the New York Post reads, brother-sister combo make millions on OnlyFans to support uh, proud parents. Out of Glasgow, Scotland, uh, Daisy Drew and her brother, Sean Austin. 
Okay, I need to share the screen here because this is disturbing to me. There you go. There they are. Look at this dude. Okay. He's like way in shape with this huge Johnson in a Speedo. He's uh, a clean cut. All right. And then so women and men hire him to stroke his dog on camera. And then you got sis here who they're, they're, they're very, very attractive people. There's no doubt. By the way. Those hips of hers, I'll bet you she can deadlift a ton of weight because you see this muscle mass here on the side, on the outside of that giant bikini, that giant G-string that she's wearing. That's her ass muscles. So big, they're going around to the other side. These two are fucking athletes. And here you got them when they're kids. How gross is this? That these two uh, fucking creeps... You got, and then they, the way they posted the picture of the two when they're little kids. Oh my God. And now here they are nearly naked. Ah, oh, this is all sorts of fucked up. Whew. That's what Chris wrote. Did they have to put the kids in the picture too? I guess so. That's really, really rough. <laughs> Sam writes fucking athletes. No, I bet you they, they are. I mean, especially her. I bet you she could run a mile in like under six minutes and she could probably deadlift about 280 pounds. Ugh. Uh, Ice Coffee says, I was picturing a groundskeeper, Willie. The Duchess says, I am so uncomfortable. This is creepy as fuck. I know I'm reading comments about the story that I'm talking about. I hope Brian can handle it. Uh, all right, a little bit more about these two. All right, I'll get rid of that. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Um, Sean is 29. Daisy's 24. Sean was 29 when he first joined the app in 2019 and encouraged his sister to join too. He said, when I decided to start OnlyFans, the success I had was absolutely amazing and overwhelming. I felt so fortunate. By the way, he looks like the type of guy where only a bunch of gay dudes are going to click on that. I don't know why that is. I just I just don't picture women doing that. That that might be some real hardcore discrimination there by me, but just the way he's like groomed, it looks like you'd get a bunch of guys pounding their pud watching him pound his pud. Sorry. Yeah, I said that. Um I felt so fortunate. But at the same time, it can feel like a lot of people don't understand. Well, we understand. I mean, you you want the money. You're making a ton of cash, so you don't give a shit if, if you're grossed out. Money will make you do stupid shit. This is crazy to me. When I decided to start OnlyFans, the success I had was absolutely amazing and overwhelming, and I felt so fortunate. A year later, Daisy took the plunge and signed up while she was traveling in New Zealand. That's why Kent said my sister's in New Zealand. <laughs> and it quickly turned into her main source of income. When she returned home, Daisy came clean to her parents about her income. And they gave their blessings as long as she's going to be safe. She said, my dad's really proud of me. He's supportive of what I do. I could never, if my kids came up to me, I think I would have to do all I could to keep that from happening. I could never, 
ever let it go. I think I would have to say, well, look, um, you may think that what you're doing is the right thing, but it's not. And as long as you're doing it, uh, I will love you, but I cannot, uh, I'm going to write you out of my will. Okay. Let me start with that. I love you. I don't support this. Uh, I'm not comfortable seeing you even. Uh, it's all terrible. You're in effect ruining my life. If I found out that you were doing this, I'm kind of getting ahead of this in case my daughters decide that they want to do this for a living. Now, I, uh, Diana and I raised our kids right though. So that would never happen. We're a very ordinary run of the mill family. Fingers crossed that I don't get a phone call today saying, dad, guess what? No, I'm not okay with you being a fucking hooker, idiot. I'm just getting ahead of that. My dad's a typical glass, Glaswegian man. Is that what they call him? You're from Glasgow. He loves football. He's a man's man. So you'd assume he'd be ashamed. But it was a different story when I told him about OnlyFans. The main thing is me and my brother are safe and happy. And that's all our parents care about. What a fuck. What a bunch of new age creep parents you have. And all any parents should care about. No bullshit. What's your kid masturbating on camera? You sick fucks. Between the two of them, Sean and Daisy say they've raked in over $2 million with their content. They now live in luxury apartments in London. Uh, although they'd never film explicit content together, Daisy says it's helpful having Sean around to help shoot the pictures. Oh, God. Fuck. So gross. She said when you're when you've been in an industry long enough, nothing is embarrassing anymore. Yeah, you've been you've been worn down. You've you've ripped down the 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 walls of taboo that are there for a reason. It won't be long until you're 69 and your brother, you disgusting bitch, and you you horrible fucking pig animal. Oh boy, my gaydar was right. It's easier because Sean is gay. So it's not embarrassing being in my underwear or showing my boobs. I don't feel uncomfortable at all. He is such a perfectionist and so honest with me. Sometimes I'll show him content and he'll say, if it's not good, he keeps me grounded and tells me the truth. And I trust him more than most people. So he's the best for taking content with me. Yeah. You know, that's not con. I I know I refer to it as content anymore, but you're just showing your vagina, okay? I guess, but there's nothing to it. Any fucking moron can do this. It's been so great that we can both fully look after our family, and it's really brought us all a lot closer. So disgusting. Oh look. Another picture of the two of them when they're kids. Mom and dad probably had all the hope in the world when this picture was taken. I just hope that Sean and Daisy stay close as they grow up together. Fast forward. He's taking pictures of her when she's nude and touching herself. 
These parents are sick. They need to do something. Ugh. So bad. I can't take it. So would you be okay in taking pictures of your sibling uh, uh, touching him or herself? Ugh. Absolutely horrible. Uh, let's see here. It shut down on Facebook. I don't know. Somebody, somebody wrote, I think it was Kent wrote Zuckerberg doesn't like your choice of words. Hmm. Weird. I know we got a ton of people basically after the Facebook shutdown, everybody went to uh, YouTube and I don't know if they went back to Facebook. Boomer Bob out of beautiful Alabama. Uh, Writes, hmm, makes $10,000 a month on OnlyFans or make $12 an hour waiting on tables. Depends what kind of life you hope for your kid. Yeah. No. No. You got to draw the line somewhere, man. You must draw the line somewhere. We are still on Facebook. Thank you, Adam. Adam says, uh, the other Adam Knapp says, can you hear the dad in a Scottish accent saying, don't touch your sister, just touch yourself. When he was little, that's my best groundskeeper, Willie. All right. Horrible story. A lot of horrible stories. Hey, let me help your business. I've got an army of sponsors behind me that I've been able to talk about on this show for quite some time, and uh, they make the world go around. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want in or you're interested in finding out more information, uh, just reach out to me. Send me an email or a text even if you have my number, eric at ericzanecho.com, and I'll just tell you how it works. No pressure at all. I've got about five businesses that are like mulling it over, and then they're like, hey, uh, are, are you still taking? And well, yeah, I'm just not bothering you. Uh, I, I, I told you what I can do. You decide. That's how it works. I have uh, sponsors who it took six, seven, eight months to actually get them on the show because I'm so low pressure. I basically send them, a, them an email with everything that I can do, and then I don't hear from them. So then I drop another line. Hey, you still interested? I'm just uh, Jen Sockying back and uh, seeing if you're still interested. Yeah, we are, uh, actually. Or, nah. Or they just ghost me. I hate being ghosted, by the way. So there you go. You want in? Let me know. Eric at EricZaneShow.com. Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. Now, this is a business that is uh, local. Uh, if you live in uh, Portland, Maine, you probably won't be getting your car fixed at Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. But if you are in West Michigan and you like this podcast, would you please consider consider uh, having Irvine's keep your cars running in tip-top order? Because when you go to my sponsors... They keep coming to me, and I keep doing the podcast. That's it. 616-532-6600. Now, in Grand Rapids, if you're on 44th Street, just east of 131, there's a side street called Stafford. You turn north on it, and there you go. That's where they are. You can't miss it. 
Uh, you can drop in, say hi, or just call and ask them uh, what's up. Maybe you need a wheel alignment, oil change, tune-up. It's making some weird noise that you don't know of. The brakes are squeaking. Uh, the uh, battery's dead. I don't know. Whatever it may be. Call upon Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV, and that is E-R Vines. E-R Vines. All one word, though. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Uh, okay. Van Dyke Mortgage encourages you to call no matter where you are in the U.S. if you need a mortgage. Another business that uh, it does work if you're outside of the Grand Rapids listening area. A couple of exceptions, uh, four exceptions actually. South Carolina, Maine, Hawaii, and Alaska. Otherwise, call Mario when you're in the market for a mortgage. Ah, I think I want to move. I need a mortgage. Call Mario. You can make your dreams come true. 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Two offices in West Michigan. Uh, actually, two in Muskegon, one in Grand Rapids, one down in Florida for some reason, but they can work anywhere. Thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. And before we get to the asshole of the day today, which it's it's not even close, or the asshole of the day is today, like I really need to say, Blue Frost IT is the managed IT service provider for this show. Whether it's project work, whether it's uh, for your house, you're working from home, whether it's managed work, they do it all at Blue Frost IT. I want you to picture you in a small or medium-sized business uh, your employees are working on garbage equipment and you're like, you know, I, I'm growing my business. I want my employees to work efficiently. I want them to have the best monitors, the best printers, the best uh, mouse, the best keyboards, the best desktop computers, the best router, the best server. I want all of that to be the best because I want them working efficiently and they deserve it. Okay. Don't just go buy stuff crazy. Call Blue Frost IT, 616-285-50. Based on what your business does, that will determine the components that you need. You don't want to be paying for shit that you don't actually need. So get a complimentary consultation from Blue Frost IT, okay? That's how it works. They are in West Michigan. So... If you hire them for managed work, so let's say they help you purchase all that you purchase and they help you set it up, and then who's going to work on it if, it if you need help? You hire them for managed work, different than project work. That means something goes south. Hey, so-and-so's uh, computer got infected with a virus. Ah, uh, shit, I told you not to click any, on anything, dumbass. They can wire in, uh, get in remotely, fix it, or show up at your place, boots on the ground. They're there. Managed IT service work. Blue Frost IT 616-285-50. Who is going to be the asshole of the day? It's Rick for not liking Cardiff. It's Dirt for spreading misinformation every day of his life. These are all lies. Bleeding Heart Brian, 
You are the asshole of the day. You have pissed me off so bad. You have done something that no listener has ever done. You've made me so angry, but yet you've been so helpful in the past. So that's really fucked me up. All right. You've pissed me off so bad that I don't give a shit if you ever listen ever again. That's how pissed off I am about this. And in a business where you're not supposed to tell your audience to go fuck off and you don't give a shit about them. I have done that with you. That tells you that 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 uh, is, is needs to be voiced because you need to know exactly how much you've pissed me off. I got away from program directors. And that's part of the reason why you are not the fucking boss here. So thank you again. And to be sure that you're understanding where I'm coming from, fuck off. I'll be reading Brian's response to when I told him to fuck off on the Patreon. I'd love you to be there. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. E-R-I-C-Z-A-N-E. Other than that, other than Brian, I want you all to have a great weekend. If I don't uh, catch you on the Patreon, that's fine too. It's there if you want it. Thank you, folks. Take care. Have a good one. Except Ryan. What time? Kate says. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you know, though. I'll send a message on there saying, hey, I'm going live in a few minutes. Till then, folks, have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.